Welcome to Growth Mindset On. I'm Krishna Kruchanu, your host, and the objective of this podcast is bringing you conversation with change makers. I will be interviewing inspiring people in order to equip you with the mindset needed to achieve success. Uh, hi, Alex. Uh, it's such a nice pleasure to have you at Growth Mindset On uh, today. And as I normally do, I ask guests to introduce themselves. So if you could explain a little bit more about you. Yeah, sure. Pleasure to be here and thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm Alex, I'm the CEO and founder of Marsbase, um, a development agency from Barcelona, and uh, also the chapter director for Startup Grind in, in Barcelona. Okay. By the way, I was super curious about uh, why chapter director? Is, is it Barcelona chapter or this is how is the Startup Grind organized? Yeah. So basically, Startup Grind is the largest community of entrepreneurs worldwide. And what we do is we foster entrepreneurship with monthly events in, in every city we are in. We are currently in over 500 different cities of 135 different countries. And each one of this, it's called the chapter. And uh, I happen to leave the one in Barcelona and the one in Andorra as well. Oh, nice. Uh, explain me the story because I, I had the chance to attend the conference uh, you just recently had here in Barcelona two days ago. And you were explaining that uh, basically uh, you went to Silicon Valley. I don't know how, how long time ago. And this is how the opportunity arose. Explain me a little exactly. bit. Exactly. I quit my previous job in uh, December 2013. So that's a little over five years ago. And I was, I have been working for many years in consulting, right? More like traditional uh, technological consulting in a couple of big firms. And, but I, I wanted to pursue my own, you know, my, my, my own dream of having a, my own business with my two best friends from childhood. And so in order to soak up, in order to take a break first and then to soak up entrepreneurship and technology innovation and all of that, I decided to spend three months in San Francisco while I was launching the, the company, right? So I had quit my job. My two partners, they kept their own jobs. And, um, you know, it always takes, like, somebody who's a little bit crazier to, to go full-time for it. So while I was there, I was attending all sorts of meetups and events, and I got an email from, uh, from somebody I, I knew from the Barcelona startup scene saying, like, hey, Alex, uh, you should go to this event. I was, uh, it's a conference of entrepreneurship. I was there last year. You should go too. So uh, while I was checking it, of course, I did buy the ticket because I thought it was like, the lineup was stellar, was incredible. And, um, but also what attracted me was the set of values and that they were looking for somebody to lead the chapter in Barcelona because they were expanding to Europe at that time. And I said, why not? And so I applied and I got to, need, uh, to know them and I joined them eventually. How, how old were you back then? Well, I'm 32, and that was five years ago, so I was 27. So quite daring, no? Like uh, at least quitting your job, going there on your own, and, and you know, also taking this, this challenge. It's, um, because I think some people probably struggle with that. You know, probably they think they are no, not worthy of it or the next step, or probably they think they are not enough. Um, what do you recommend people out there who probably, you know, are a little bit uh, shy of, um, you know, getting out there and just going for it like you did? Don't get me wrong. I'm also a shy person. Um, I, I, I don't know. I guess that if you're really passionate and, and we really wanted to do it and I had no other alternative, right? It was either this or look for a job. 
And I said, you know, I'm going to give this a go, see what happens. And I literally started talking to everyone and anyone, especially there, because people are in the, in the valley. They're super friendly. Everybody wants to open doors for you. Everybody wants to, to help you. They've got this paid-forward attitude, and, and they're always willing to help you first, right, which is eventually and also, coincidentally, one of the values of Startup Ryan. So even as a shy person, I think uh, I was able to do it. I'm not the kind of guy who just like reaches out to people in, in events or networking parts. No, not really. But maybe I was a little bit more confident in doing it there because I had no other alternative. And then also over email, which essentially is a little bit easier always. And um, which were your expectations? Like when you, when you went to Silicon Valley, did, did, did uh, the journey there, uh, did you meet all your expectations? Did you achieve everything you had in mind? What, what were your initial expectations? I, I don't know. I don't remember if I had any expectations whatsoever because it was the first time I was doing this. I was, that, was a, that was a big change in my career. That was a big change in my life. I didn't even know what, whether I was going back to Barcelona or not, right? So at that point in time, like I had gotten rid of pretty much everything I had here, and I was even ready to move to other cities, right? Maybe maybe stay in San Francisco, things went well, or or someplace else. I don't know. Eventually, I decided to come back to Barcelona, but but um, I I don't remember having an expectation. I think that it was so incredible and so unexpected that and useful that. It exceeded all my expectations, but um, I can't. I can't really say I had. And if I had, I don't remember. <laughs> five years ago, so it's been a long time. So, uh, so uh, basically, uh, yes. Uh, I also was wondering about this. Um, you were saying that you are not a shy person. Uh, I beg to disagree with that. I don't know what you tell me, but uh, come on, you just given a. Uh, you just organized an event uh, with your team about, I don't know how many people attended, but uh, quite a few. And, um, you know, you were there out on stage, you know, talking to everyone, you know, making like uh, very good speeches and uh, of course also um, bringing very good guests. Um, what, what do you feel like when you first started like to being, being on stage, what fears or what challenges did you have to overcome, if there were any? Um, I, li I like speaking to people. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's mutually exclusive to being shy, right? And like as a person, I'm shy. But once I get on stage or I got to present something, I got to speak publicly, I have no problem with doing it. Um, I learned in, in the university, I think, uh, you know, we had to present all these results and, uh, and projects in front of people. I think I, I learned. Uh, I had always been shy and nervous about these things in my you know, early school and early years, but then, I don't know, just like one, from one day to the other, it kind of like all these nervousness went, went away, and I got used to it. Then, obviously, I, I, I play guitar, and uh, I used to play in a couple of bands, and by, you know, playing concerts and things like that, there you have the pressure, right? And uh, I, I still feel the pressure when I, when I play in front of, of, of an audience, but I don't do it when I have to give a speech or... I do a keynote or, or talk in front of, you know, we have thousands of people like I've done it. And, and I don't, I might get a little bit of a, like a rush or something in the summer, but not, not as much as like playing guitar, I tell you. That's interesting. And uh, basically you've also um, written a book and uh, the book is basically about your interviewing some uh, well-known entrepreneurs. Uh, explain me a little bit more about it. 
Yeah, and so uh, after five years of organizing Startup Ride, uh, which we've done, so here in Barcelona, we've done 64 editions of the monthly event, right? Which is insane. There was this publisher that they had been coming, uh, they were coming to our events regularly and since like the second year, or maybe even the first year actually. And they were like, you know, we want to, to bet on, basically they've got three verticals, one of them sport, the other one's politics, and the third one's entrepreneurship and, and, uh, and business. And they wanted me to write a book about that. And uh, I remember they approached me like a couple years earlier and I thought it was too early. I wanted to save this for a special occasion. And I think that right now, uh, you know, I knew that we were celebrating five years in 2019 and I said, and we would, we would have this conference in April, which is like the, uh, well, this year in, in, in Catalonia, we celebrate the day of the book and the rose, and therefore it would be a great idea to have it by then. And so I said like, hey, can, you, can, can I write it? And can we publish for April 2019? They're like, yeah. So basically, we worked on the idea of selecting a few of my favorite interviews to entrepreneurs and investors alike. And uh, that's how it came to be. It's got 15 interviews, not transcripted, but each one of them explains a concept, right? So I made it so that I could describe the entrepreneurial voyage of, you know, first quitting your job, then finding a team, then finding an idea, then raising money, then partnership, scaling up, and eventually selling the company, right? All, all in more or less this order. And I think it came out really well. I'm really happy about the result. If you were to kind of, uh, after, you know, uh, interviewing uh, entrepreneurs, if you were to kind of highlight one thing that describes them all, uh, what do you think uh, would that be? Like, uh, like, a, like a skill or probably some kind of soft skill, I would say. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? What is a description of a good entrepreneur? The resilience. I think... If there's some trading common, it's that they always, they always go forward. They never, never give up. Like never giving up is really important. So I think that would be something that I've seen in common in most of the people I've interviewed, if not, you know. So yeah, do, do you think resilience is something that we're, we're born with or something that uh, it's some kind of attitude that you kind of strengthen on a daily basis or um, facing challenges? I think you can, you can, you can grow it. I mean, for instance, like um, one of the things about resilience is about being constant, right? And I, I have never been a constant person before creating my own company, and but I know it's really important. It's it's really really something that you cannot live without when you're creating a company because you need to you know you need to meet deadlines, you need to report to people, you need to have meetings, you need to deliver week in way out week out, and and basically. I did well. I know I'm not a constant person, but I'm going to make a plan so that I can learn how to be, you know, constant. Like for instance, I do sales in my company, right? And uh, Mars based. And um, uh, I knew that throughout the, the first year, year and a half, I was missing important deadlines. I was missing important emails just because I was not constant. I was not, I didn't have the habit of actually checking every day or every week. What's the status of this uh, deal or this prospect. And I made it so that by every Friday, I'm sending a sales report that, you know, maybe nobody else in the company reads it or they just came through it. But for me, it's kind of like, uh, it gives me the idea or the vision of how the company is uh, in terms of sales, where we're at, 
and what are the tasks I had, right? Uh, have I done everything I could for this lead or for this other lead? Or um, did I miss anything? Or even it forces me to, to send the follow-ups or the documentation or quotes or whatever. So small things like this um, can force you into creating a habit. I think it's really important. That, that's very, very, very well described and given a specific example. I think people out there probably who are just starting, I think we don't really have that the habit of doing of being constant and it's something that you definitely can acquire you know by just um you know kind of being stubborn or resilient and say i need to do this this is part of my routine and something that you can work on it until towards the end it's like something that comes automatic excellent so uh, wow to be honest um you are so young you've already like written a book uh you know done all this uh, with startup grind here in barcelona you've kind of shaken the startup ecosystem here in Catalonia what what does it come next do you do you have any any challenges up the line or do, where do you see yourself like in, in the future um I have no bigger ambitions than what we're doing here uh, with Starbrand and Mars Space it's just like uh, um, my company and our our project is to grow slow but like but safe in a very organic way so there's nothing like super spectacular for the for the next year it will be you know we've grown the company to be uh, 11 people plus like four freelancers and in five years which doesn't sound spectacular because nowadays we get all these startups that are raising funds and like in three years there are 200 people and shit like that yeah but how sustainable is that right only only very very few of them will survive and that's not good for long-term planning and, and obviously it requires different skills a different personality and different kind of people, and we're not the kind of people. We're the kind of people who like to do things well, and we we are pretty conservative about that. And and we think that you know it doesn't need to be crazy at work. It it uh, our company is based on calm actually. So you know we like working our hours, and that's it. And no no crazy shifts, no working on weekends, no anything. So we do what we can with our with the resources we've got, with the people we are. And that's what we're gonna do. I know it doesn't sound ambitious, but uh, it's, no. it's it's one that we could sustain for fifty more years easily. Definitely, I, I agree with you because we are we're all going like kind of crazy about you know growth, but just for the sake of growing, there is no plan or there is no and sometimes probably like. Uh, I don't know, hockey stick type of growth. It's, it's not, as you were saying, it's not probably the best thing for the company. Maybe it would be like a slower pace type of growth or, you know, because I mean, investors are looking for that. That's the type of thing that they are looking after. But, but is that the best thing for your company? So I think some entrepreneurs who are out there like very early stage looking for funds, they have to ask themselves this question. Probably it's not the best thing like to bring someone from outside the company uh, who has to audit your company on a, on a constant basis and probably it's not the best. So I don't know, I, I see a lot of that, like uh, especially here in Barcelona and like people just blindly going for money, but they don't ask themselves, is this where, I, why do you start a company? Do you start a company for raising money or you start a company because you want to add value to something or uh, some you want to solve a problem? So I, I, it's, it's good that you, you brought that up because I think it's, it's super important and, and growth has to come like, it always comes at a price to consider because I mean the culture, if you were to like grow, I don't know, 500% right now your company, the culture you have right now would change completely. And I think people who have been in startups, let's, we can give the, 
the case of, of global who are uh, Barcelona based companies and you know the people who are from day one the culture has changed you know so so brutally because you know it's not the same being like six workers than you know uh, 150 or 200 or even more so so yeah I, I really like that you you're pointing that organic growth and and it's not always you know we always have to aim to be a unicorn exactly yeah there are different types of companies right and um so we don't really need to to grow that much as uh we bring more people that means more revenue but also more associated costs so it's a it's pretty much like a linear growth <clears throat> very different from other companies however we are looking for ways to to, to grow in the sense that um why can't we do something like you know, uh, like Basecamp or other agencies who have eventually developed their own product and that product led them to actually grow in a more, you know, faster, but still in a very sustainable path, right, uh, pace, right? So um, we want to diversify. We actually started the, the development of a SaaS product on Mars Base at the beginning of the year. And uh, that will help us to, to scale the company in a different manner and diversify the source of our income. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the diversifying yeah, uh, revenue streams is also another aspect that can be considered before before uh, uh, like I don't know raising funds or something like that. So um, yeah, which which advice would you give like entrepreneurs who who are out there uh, willing to start their own company? Like in terms of of skills, or which tips? Do you think are, are, are very important? The resourcefulness is one really important thing. Like I know some of the best entrepreneurs that I've met, they're very resourceful, right? So they they might not have the tools or the information or the contacts that they need at this specific moment, but they know they're going to get them there. And I sometimes even like to overcommit to some things, uh, some things I've done, I can't really do in that very moment, but I know I'm going to get there, right? because I'm resourceful and I will find, I will find the way to do it. Um, uh, resourcefulness is one. The other is, is dedication and, and persistence. As I said, like uh, being constant really helps and not quitting. And also another, another thing that's really important to, to make these things happen is that you need to have really good partners, like just your good partners. I know it sounds like a cliche, but I would, I would have given up so many times in, in, in different projects or, or initiatives, but I did not just because I talked to my, I open up and I talked to my partners and they're like, Hey, look, but we can do it this way or, or yeah, I'm going to help you with this. So we can talk about it. Right. So, um, be really picky about who your partners are because they're going to be your, you know, they're going to be also lifesavers. Yeah, your your partners in crime now because I think it's very, I think solo founders do do struggle a lot with that. You know, having someone who you can share your fears, we can share I don't know um, direction where you are you're trying to go, and just communicating with other people, just getting insights from from especially people you care about. You now, and that's super important. I think it's a very good support in uh, one's entrepreneur's life. So, so yeah, it's definitely one of the things that, that people should definitely uh, watch uh, out whenever they are trying to start business with someone. And it's very important also to, you know, that you know that you are. It's like a marriage. You know, it's for the for the long term, and and even worse than a marriage because if you were to split, you know, the company uh, probably would would go, uh, you know, will fail or go bankrupt. Bankrupt. So, so yeah, that's. Uh, 
a very useful tip. I don't know anything about marriages yet, but I know that in most marriages, there's only two people involved and then sometimes children, right? Um, whereas in companies, it can be hundreds of people involved and whose salaries are at stake as well. So I don't know. It's a, it's a complicated association or analogy, but yeah. And um, also wanted to, uh, to bring this up. I've done about, about like 100 interviews at Starfine, right? And um, I have only interviewed once one person that I know is, that is a good solopreneur, right? Uh, Pablo Villalba, he started Teambox himself. And he's the exception. Like, he's the exception. As much as we all think we can, we can be solo founders and we can do this on our own, these people are truly exceptional and uh, you will not find them easily and if you think you are most likely you are not i've seen more often than not cases in which you know people starting company on their own they have failed miserably or they they can maybe not fail but they just like struggle and struggle and struggle they just like they they, they find their way up but but i don't think it's worth it at the very end of the day yeah there's a couple of my friends who have got a, a company on their own, each one separately, right? Uh, let's focus on just one of them. We got a good friend who runs an, an agency as well, but it's just basically him, right? And he's not good at sales. He's not good at sales. He's really good at executing and delivering. And I think that what he does is really passionate and the outcome is always really good. But then just because he doesn't know how to sell, he doesn't really have the skills or the passion for it. He doesn't really find clients. I'm getting him most of the clients because that's something we don't do and I just delegate it onto him, right? And But that's not sustainable. Like the day I will not be able to do this, what happens to this company? And he's kind of like struggling and struggling and struggling. And at the very end of the day, I'm, I'm asking myself, like, is it really worth it? Will it be worth it for him? Like it wouldn't be worth it for me, definitely, if I had to depend on just one source of clients and, and I wasn't making that much money and I was always like living on a shoestring and all of that. Um, I don't know, but just it wouldn't cut it for me. One other thing I'm also super curious about because who are do you look up to in terms of like when you were a child? I think we also acquire lots of things from the environment, but also from the people we look up to. And uh, who is someone that kind of inspires you daily? Wow, like business-wise, I think. I'm really inspired by the work of bootstrap companies and companies that are that have very strong business ethics and like companies like um, Basecamp, Buffer, Ghost, or Nomad List, things like that, that they are just, you know, remote working and then have strong business ethics and they fight the incumbents and 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 they they try successfully to explain that there's life beyond or even like uh, there's life without venture capital there's life without rushing things there's life without exponential growth and uh, things like that and uh, you can still be so you can basically you can be a businessman and not a fucking idiot right and, and this is something that's really hard to find nowadays and it seems like when if you want to be like a boss of something you want to grow a big company you have to turn into a complete asshole. And that's something I really don't want to be. So more than looking up to people, I'm just like, um, I'm trying to prevent myself from becoming one of these people, right? So it's like, I know it's, it's difficult to explain, but uh, I really don't want to change the way I am. And I, I, just, I want to keep improving as I grow. 
Wow, that, that's very, very interesting because I, I do think definitely money changes people. And um, I suppose, you know, being at the very top sometimes, um, I hope it does not happen to everyone, but sometimes it requires you to be like, I don't know, probably mean, fire people, but in a, in a bad way. I mean, there are different types of, of firing people. It can be done in a, in a good way and in a bad way, no? And I, I really like that you bring also the, the ethics, no? The, the, because there are so many people out there that uh, probably are not thinking about that, you know? Like, you have to, be, to grow, but in terms of ethics, but in terms of, I don't know, a better uh, company culture, you know, to provide more value to, to your workers. Uh, These this issues, are the, I really like that you mentioned them because I think they're definitely super important. Definitely, and I think that's something that companies should um, take more into consideration. They should address more because we don't talk enough about this. And you see, com companies getting like these people are so-called hustlers or real go-getters or whatever, and they just do everything and anything just to acquire more customers or to get more market share and things like that. I know. <clears throat> As I said, like I know our our speech is not very ambitious, or it, but at least it's not so militaristic, right? It sounds like yeah, every, everybody's trying to target people and attack this and uh, tap this market and whatever and conquer whatever, right? It's like I don't know. Does it really need to be like that? Can't we just focus on on better business ethics and and having, you know, people who are like happy with you? Like at the conference, I. I invited a couple of people like I fired in the past, right? And we're still friends. It's like because we we ensured that a good transition happened and they understood it and it was for a good reason. It wasn't the best in the interest, the best interest for both parties. And we we even like actually helped them to get another job, right? So I think we can all do that, or we should all do that. But but obviously, you know, different people, different tactics, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and um, another thing regarding that you, you brought the, uh, the conference up, um, how do you kind of, in terms of uh, project management, it's such a big event. I mean, I, I definitely takes practice, but it's such a big event to organize, no? Like, um, how do you, in terms of stress, I, I bet like organizing this, this uh, type of events, it brings uh, some stress. How do you deal with that? Or even... It can be stressful at times, especially because there's so many expectations to manage. We've got, we've got an amazing team. We're eight people on Startup Brain Barcelona, plus my partners at Marspace. So, and then for the conference, we recruit about 20 volunteers because obviously we're also like all of us, we're volunteering for Startup Brain. And, but we've got these people only for the conference itself, right? <clears throat> it can be stressful when you... You know, when, when things fall apart, like for instance, this year it didn't happen. And we only got one speaker canceling right before the event. But last year we got almost four, four people canceling like up to 48 hours before the event. And that was, that was stressful because we had to look for replacements and cancel a couple sessions, this and that. So, and the other thing is nobody really uh, understands the value of meeting deadlines, right? Then the last 15 days before the conference, you know, new sponsors show up. They're like, hey, we want to sponsor these. Eventually, they will never do it. Um, only one. <laughs> we only got one last-minute sponsor. But most of them, they, they kind of like were fucking around and, 
and uh, it was a complete waste of time, and that's it. But like, also some people didn't notice, and some speakers wanted to change their the time slot, and press wanted to come, and then we had this uh, big group of students that wanted to come as well. You know, people wanted to change most of the stuff. Then sponsor changed the logo, and they said, "Hey, can you change it?" Like, no, dude, we have already printed all the signage and all the materials. Like, we're not gonna print it again just for you. So it seems like everybody works in the very last minute. That's very stressful. And but luckily enough, we are because we're a calm company. We can we work on this like pretty much every day. We dedicate a little bit of time to start grind. So all our conferences we prepare with with ahead of time so that we can allocate to most of these last minute requests. But normally it's not like that. Wow. So you you basically are you know how to keep calm. Uh, you, you know how to work under under pressure. No, that's not something that you 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 constantly like have to deal with, or you don't know. Oh my God, I need some meditation, or you know that type of. Uh, because if I were you, oh my God, I would just go nuts on this type like organizing such a big event. So I'm I'm very zen as a person. Uh, I don't need to meditate, and I don't believe in all that. Um, I just believe that you know. Perhaps it sounds strange, but meditation and mindfulness and all these things are the solution to a problem we have ourselves created, right? So um, I have never let this problem crawl into my life, so therefore, why do I need that solution? So if you're always in a calm state of mind, you don't really need to fix stuff. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example, for instance. Um, we, uh, we have been running the company for five years, and... So, you know, we've got a very strong policy of not working more than 40 hours per week. So in a sense, I kind of like miss that. And sometimes I do it because, you gotta, because you've got so many things to do. I just do it out of sheer, you know, uh, will to go back to these times because it feels like you get a great adrenaline rush. And, and if you do it every once in a while, but it's because you want it, it's great. Like, uh, for instance, I knew it was crazy, but we, we, we have hosted the last two conferences in the span of five months and i knew it was going to be hard but i really wanted to do it because we so basically we had been organizing this conference in november but i wanted to move it to april so we had two options we either organize two in five months or we skip a year but i didn't want to skip a year because it meant skipping the the fifth anniversary of star brand star brand ceo was here then we we had the book coming out and things like that so i said you know Let's see, I will have to work more. So essentially for the last two, three months, I've been working way over 40 hours per week, but I, I chose it and it was great. Now I don't really want to do it again, right? But it, it felt great for a while and it had to be done. And just because I hadn't been doing it for years, I could do it and I actually enjoyed it. And I was like, great. So that's how it felt like. Yeah, great. I've done it. It was useful. And now back to normal. Wow. So... So uh, that's, that's a very good example of how, I don't know, I think companies should also work the same way, um, you know, uh, the example you were just giving, because probably there are workers who uh, want to, you know, give their, their, their time or have more, more time to dedicate to the job they have. But when that comes as mandatory, it was as default, you know, just stay extra hours just because of that. It's like, mm, when it's mandatory, sorry, you don't do it with passion. You don't do it yeah. because you want. So. So that's, uh, that's very good pointing out this. So in order to, to wrap up uh, things, uh, I also think that, you know, towards these five years you're doing startup, 
grind and your company itself, I, uh, I think you've built like a very good network. Um, what would you think, like how uh, has life has changed or uh, if it has like this network? What is, sometimes we, we really uh, want to feel more connected with the community. Uh, there are many people out there who are trying to kind of have their own network. Um, uh, what, what, do you, what tips would you give to the people out there? I think the network comes as a consequence of actually doing great stuff. Um, um, I see a lot of people trying to build a network just for the sake of building a network. And uh, moreover, they seem desperate and they become pushy, right? Like, I'll give you an example. In the conference itself, two days ago, a bunch of people came to me and then they, they just started pitching their asses off in front of me. I was like, dude, I'm just... That's that's the worst way you can start with if you're if you want to begin a relationship with me is if if you pitch me I will I will just cancel everything I've got with you like I will not even accept you on LinkedIn you know I will not return any emails just because I don't I don't like this um, so I think that if I, if I've grown this network it's because we've been doing this amazing job of just helping people and being altruistically you know, out there to, to, to empowering other entrepreneurs and giving opportunity to speak to speakers and doing this because, you know, with no necessity at all, just because we want to do it. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great project and we've got a great vision, but not because we want to build a network. Like the network comes, it, it, it comes with this. It comes as a result, as a consequence. Not, not, it's not the way. Like, uh, and it's also not the goal, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably the best way uh, in terms of approach is like always try to learn something from the other person um, and, you know, just discussing going into a more um, less business-like, you know, type of uh, uh, attitude or speech because at the end of the day, I think a very powerful network, it comes from the people you know more or from the people who probably are your friends or you've worked um, towards in order to maintain or keep alive the relationship you have with them, not in terms of just, you know, because I'm interested in this person that can help me to get there. It's not, I'm interested in the person because I like who this person is and I, it inspires me, you know, so, so probably then uh, changing um, the way you approach, you approach people. So that's a very good, I think, uh, in terms of pitching, you know, because there are a lot of people doing that and probably they've missed out on learning more about you or learning more about your vision of life or learning more, you know, if they go straight into pitching, they don't give you the chance to, um, an opportunity to you, uh, meeting your, you know, meeting the other person as a, as a human, no? And, and that's one of the things that, uh, I really like that you pointed out. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's been, uh, uh, more or less everything. I think I asked you, uh, most of the things that kind of, uh, triggered, uh, into me after meeting you and knowing what you you were doing and uh, I'm more or less satisfied but uh, you never know so so I'm happy for you being able to to make it after after uh, the event also because uh, I suppose you were uh, kind of um, resting but thank you for that oh no thank you uh, thank you for the opportunity yeah of course I need uh, resting but right after the conference you mentioned it, it's, a, it's a big event it's a conference that involves more or less 800 people. So um, definitely there are so many things you need to be or that need to be taken care of as in invoicing sponsors, sending thank you emails, preparing materials, press releases, sending the feedback, sending and collecting the feedback form, 
and so many other things I can't even think about, right? And um, that's why I don't take time off right after the conference because it would be, I, I did it the first year because I didn't know and it was the worst decision ever because then I, I missed so many, many important emails and calls and stuff and I kind of like had to work through the holidays and, and you know, so the conference was on a Tuesday and I, by tomorrow I will have finished pretty much everything. And so I'm taking next week off. Oh, okay. So, uh, so now, now that the, the reward comes, no, the reward comes with, with a uh, well-deserved holiday. So, so that's good. Uh, so thank you so much again, uh, Alex. It's been great. And uh, yeah, can't wait for having some beers around the city. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a really nice uh, interview. And see you around. Keep coming to our events and start running. Thank you.